Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio. Hello, family, and welcome to the next round of our Dirty 35 podcast countdown, where we count down a, a five-section set of Cardinals prospects. Now, we've done, by the way, I'm your host, I'm Kyle Reese, uh, here for Birds on the Black. We've done prospects 35 through 31. Uh, we did prospects 30 through 26. Which means that right now we are going to give you prospects 25 through 21. Now, I have to tell you, I think that this is a really exciting group of prospects. Uh, a little younger, kind of all over the place. Uh, I feel like prospects 30 through 26 were kind of boring. Uh, relatively speaking, still good prospects, but relatively boring. Boring. I think prospects 26 or 25 through 21 are a pretty strong group of prospects. Now, uh, we'll do a little quick recap. And again, check out all of the write-ups over at Birds on the Black. Uh, you know, I try to get cute with them. I try to give you guys plenty of media, plenty of gifts. Uh, you're probably not going to find that much media media anywhere else. So, again, if you don't trust my words, and I don't blame you because I'm kind of a rube, but if you don't trust my words, you should definitely go check out the articles uh, and look at the pictures and make up your own minds. We'll do a quick little recap. Uh, prospect number 35 on our Dirty 35 was Ron Hell Ravello, a first baseman. Prospect number 34 is Jake Walsh, a right-handed pitcher. Prospect number 33, Justin Williams, outfielder. Number 32, Delvin Perez, shortstop. 31, Chase Pinder, outfielder. Prospect number 30 was right-handed pitcher Connor Jones. Prospect number 29 was right-handed relief pitcher Seth Elledge, who got blown up uh, today, today being Wednesday. Uh, uh, let's see, prospect number 28, one of my favorites, right-handed pitcher Angel Rondon. Prospect number 27 was Max Schrock, who has, had a get, who has gotten off to a great start here in spring. And prospect number 26 is catcher Dennis Ortega. So we'll launch right into it with our 25th prospect on the list, prospect number 25, outfielder Scott Hurst. Now, uh, the bottom line with Scott Hurst is that he reminds me so much of John Jay. Uh, the way that he makes contact what he does with the pitches he's given at the plate. The swing path, the ability to fist pitches, uh, two-strike pitches, the, the ability to work counts to get a pitch that he wants to do something with. Again, when you watch this kid uh, uh, take it to the opposite field, it's really, really, really impressive. He just, like, he can find a gap. The other thing is I've done a really good job of underselling Scott Hurst as an outfielder. Uh, I kind of dismissed him uh, – when he first entered the organization. And he just seemed okay whenever I, I would watch him at Cal Fullerton. What I feel like I see now is a kid who is determined to do whatever it takes to get to any baseball. And his arm is stronger than I realized. Uh, he's played right field. He's played center field. I prefer, prefer him in center. I think that a lot of people would argue that his best bet is probably to be in left in the long term. Uh, he can play right. Uh, but he's really quick. He's really fast. He's not a base stealer, but he's fast. Now, the other thing I'm going to tell you about Scott Hurst, uh, the 22-year-old the Scott Hurst, who will be 23 at the beginning of the season, is that he does a tremendous job uh, of, of understanding how to play the game. He has a high baseball IQ. Uh, it comes across when he runs the bases, when he fields the ball, where he throws the ball. Uh, he's not going to make a mistake. You know, sometimes we get jazzed up a little bit. Uh, and we talk about kids and their raw power and their raw tools and blah, blah, blah. Well, one thing with Scott Hurst that you don't have to worry about is he's not going to make a mistake. He's just a smart baseball kid. Uh, dealt with some injuries in 2018. That's something worth keeping an, eye, keeping an eye on, especially because he dealt with injuries in college. I believe it was a back in college. I don't remember what it was in 2018. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but uh, the 
the, the issue with Hurst is that he was supposed to start the year at Peoria. He was sidelined because of an injury. When he got promoted to Palm Beach, he was a spark plug for a handful of games and then fell off the face of the earth uh, after he got hurt. He got hurt. He was out for – man, I don't remember how long he was out for. Read the article for that. Uh, but when he came back, he was good. But he's had little DL stand. He's had nagging injuries that he's had to deal with. We're not going to worry about that right now. We're not going to hold that against him. We're going to hope it's something that he moves on from. Uh, but, you know – a kid who hits for modest power, and that's going to be the issue with him. If Scott Hurst can just hit for a little bit more power than what he showed at this point, you know, four home runs and, uh, you know, 253 at-bats isn't going to do it uh, at the minor league level, especially in Peoria, which can play hitter-friendly, but it's kind of an even stadium, uh, the Midwest League in particular. Uh, the four home runs and 250 at-bats, 300-plate appearances just isn't going to be enough. That number will decrease, you know, when he reaches his his peak. Uh, you know, say that he keeps this number, say that he keeps his power, say that he gets to the majors, that number will decrease. Remember, there was a time when John Jay was hitting double-digit double home runs. Uh, he's going to need to start showing that. He's going to need to stay healthy. He's going to need to start showing that. But I love Scott Hurst because he's going to be able to stick in center field, uh, probably be average, maybe slightly above, and he has an all-fields approach. He runs like John Jay. Uh, again, I'm not one to get excited or make crazy comparisons, but if you're not making the comparison that this kid reminds you of – John Jay, then you're not you're doing it wrong. Again, go to the article, look at the gifts, and I'm telling you, this kid is is so much like John Jay, except for he just doesn't crowd the plate, so he doesn't get hit as much as John Jay. Prospect number 25 outfielder Scott Hurst, third round pick, uh, just a couple years ago. Prospect number 24 on our list is big right-hander uh, pitcher Casey Meisner. Now Meisner has been through it. He was drafted by the Mets out of high school, six foot seven. He was tall and lanky. Uh, they he showed some promise early on, but the Mets had a need for a relief pitcher, so they sent him a couple years later to the A's for Tyler Clippard. Uh, uh, so then, a couple years, he kind of toiled away in the A's system. The Cardinals acquired him for Josh Lucas right as spring camp broke last year. Uh, and what happened was this right-hander, who kind of stalled out in the A's organization, had a repeatability issue with his mechanics. They were kind of all over the place. He has a high effort delivery, too. That hasn't really gone away, but it's something uh, that has cleared up, cleaned up a little bit, cleared up a little bit. Um, but he has a, trouble controlling that big body. He's put on a little bit of weight, uh, but he, he had trouble controlling that body. When the Cardinals traded for him at the end of March uh, last year, they kept him at Palm Beach, they kept him at their home box office at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter, hoping to like clean up those mechanics, hoping to find and unlock those mechanics. Sat him out for three weeks, reintroduced him to the Palm Beach rotation. Again, he ended the 2017 season at AA, so he was starting a level lower than where he ended the prior year. Uh, and he was fine over his first couple of starts. He wasn't letting up any hits, and he wasn't walking too many people, but he gets in trouble because when he gets behind on hitters, he ends up losing them pretty frequently, something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but after those first handful of starts, it really clicked with, with Meisner. Uh, he started repeating his delivery. He throws four pitches. He throws a sinker, a changeup, a curve, and a slider, all with the potential to be above average, especially mixed within, like mixed with each other. He was throwing all of these pitches with as much command as he's ever shown them. Uh, he was just as good at Springfield when he finally got promoted to AA as he was at Palm Beach. He still has a very high effort delivery. It's not uncommon for somebody his height, uh, but it's also not a good sign, something that kind of sucks, especially in the follow-through when he finishes the pitch. I mean, he's throwing all of his body into it. He gets good extension. 
Uh, he has good momentum towards the plate. It's just that there's a lot of extra motion. He really finishes his pitches. Uh, brings us to the next question. What does the future hold for a prospect like Casey Meisner? He'll start the year at Springfield. He's a little older now. He's 23. Uh, I think he turns 24 in season. Anyways, start the year at AA. And then he has the potential to make a AAA debut at some point during the year. I would think it would happen, especially as the Cardinals become more have become in the last couple of years more aggressive with uh, minor league assignments. I think ultimately... Casey Meisner, if he makes a major league debut, and I do think there's a major league debut in there. I don't know how productive it's going to be. Uh, again, he needs to continue to harness uh, his body and also throw with more command. Uh, but if he ends up making a major league debut, he could be a very, very uh, interesting bullpen piece, maybe a swingman type. Uh, but he still has work to do command control-wise to get there. But he took some really huge steps at you know from the beginning you know, the middle part of May to the end of the season between high A and double A, where you could really see it start to come together and start projecting what he was capable of. And again, this is a, a tall righty who doesn't throw too hard. He throws about 90, 91, 92. He's hit 94 before, but he has an arsenal that will allow him to not rely on that fastball. Again, you know, in my mind, let's, let's think about it this way, right? Uh, when Adam Wainwright, the 37 year old version of Adam Wainwright, like that's, in my opinion, what you'll get out of Casey Meisner. Uh, something closer to what you got in September, uh, a mold of something that you got in September out of Wayno and what you got in April out of Wayno. some combination of those two. Uh, that's like Casey Meisner's, uh, uh, we'll call it, ceiling right now. Like I wouldn't even call it his most likely outcome because I still think his most like it, likely outcome is in the bullpen. Uh, but like that's the type of pitcher he can be. And since he has like that velocity profile it fits but instead of throwing like a fastball a regular four seam fastball Meisner has a sinker that has pretty solid movement so that kind of changes it anyways he's 23 he made great strides in 2018 I'm really anxious to see what his 2019 holds uh I, in the article I say he's kind of like Matt Pierce but with an actual workable arsenal uh and also he's never been suspended for HGH so there's that prospect, prospect number 23 on our list is catcher Ivan Herrera now these next three prospects are young uh, and this is this is going to get really, really interesting. Uh, these next three prospects, they all come with the warning. Uh, not so much 21, but 23 and 22 come up with the warning that as talented as these guys are, as talented as they can be, as good as they can be, as good as they currently are, they still have yet to really have any taste of a full season club. Uh, 23 is 18. Prospect number 23 is 18 years old. Prospect number 22 is 20 years old. Neither of them have made it other than for two games uh, at, at a full season club. They have raw tools. They're exciting. Uh, I've rated them higher than I usually feel comfortable rating prospects like this, but both of them have earned their spots. I assure you that. Uh, all of that, that prologue, that uh, introduction to these next two is just to say, like, they're exciting, but let's not put too much pressure on our own expectations of these players. Uh, they still have a lot, a lot of room to grow and a lot of work to do. Prospect number 23 is catcher Ivan Herrera. Uh, Herrera is an ideally built catcher. He's like 5'11", 220. He's got a broad shoulder, a broad build. Uh, 220, I, said, I think I said 220, like 200 pounds, I mean. Sorry. He has a broad build. He has good lower. He has good balance. Uh his defense is really the question mark, right? Uh, just like with any other 18-year-old. And by the way, I want to I say this about Herrera. His defense is getting hammered, I've been told, nationally. Remember, this is an 18-year-old kid. And 
I'd be I'd be willing to bet that there aren't too many 18-year-olds in the world that play catcher as well as he does. Now, I'm not saying that I think he sticks at catcher. He has a lot of work to do. He has trouble blocking pitches. He has trouble framing. His arm isn't the strongest. I would call it minor league average at this point. Uh, with Actually, minor league below average with the potential to be average uh, with maybe a tick above average uh, in the long run. Uh, but all of those issues that you would expect an 18-year-old to have that isn't named Yadier Molina as an 18-year-old, he has. People are writing him off as a catcher. I'm not there yet. Anything could happen. More than likely, he's not going to be a catcher at the next level. But we're just going to have to wait and see. This is a kid with a good body, a good work ethic, who could still develop his catching skills. Uh, it's really raw right now, and it has a long way to go. But I'm not willing to rule him out, and I'm not willing to commit to it. Uh, so... That's where we're at. That's why the 18-year-olds are volatile. That's why we usually hedge our bets and we don't put them 23rd because you just don't know. Too much variance there. Uh, his bat is really – pardon me. <coughs> Sorry, still trying to get over this cold. His bat is really the reason why he's so high on the list. In 2017, uh, in the Dominican Summer League, he had a uh, – uh, oh, actually, no, in the Gulf Coast League. I take that back. In the Gulf Coast League, he had a 155 WRC+. Plus. Last year in the Johnson City League, and then two games, four at-bats at Springfield, he ended up having like a 160 WRC+. Plus. He is a run creator. He has a pure swing, as pure of a swing as you'll see in the organization. I don't have a feel for his his pitch recognition yet. Uh, I will tell you for an 18-year-old at the levels, the, the rookie levels, GCL, Johnson City, Appalachian League, r- rookie level Johnson City, I mean, he's, he's far beyond from like a being able to hit everything aspect, any of those kids. Like he is a younger version of Andrew Kisner uh, with approach. Like he doesn't take the ball to right center field as well as Kisner does, but he is as that type of talent at the plate. Now he hasn't hit for much power yet, but when you watch his swing and you see his body, especially because of how fast that is and where he makes contact and how he can barrel, uh, the power will come. Will it be 10 to 15 home run power? That's what I think. I say that he might be able to max out at 15, 20, but there's still work to be done there. Uh, his bat is special. It's uh, it's kind of an elite tool. At least it appears so right now. Uh, so keep an eye on Ivan Herrera. Ivan Herrera. Uh, again, a lot of work to do defensively. His bat seems like it's going to be special. Uh, again, comparing it, I think it's a lot like Andrew Kisner's bat, honestly. And I'm anxious to see where we go from there. But I'm going to cut it off again because I don't want to overhype these 18-year-olds, these teenagers. Uh, take from that, he's a positive, and it's awesome to see a car, a player that young within the Cardinals organization that's thriving, especially a catcher. Uh, really excited about Ivan Herrera's 2019 season. Prospect number 22 on our list is first baseman uh, Leandro Cedeno. Leandro Cedeno is a man. He's big. Uh, I want to say he's like, however he's listed, he's bigger than how he's listed, both height and weight. Uh, he's a first baseman. He played first base and outfielder outfield, but he's a terrible outfielder. Ignore that. He's not a very good first baseman. That's part of the, if he was a better first baseman, he'd probably be up the list a little bit. He's a terrible first baseman. So 22nd, uh, the other issue with Leandro is he's nothing but raw power. You know, he's, he's a big boy who hits moonshots, who can barrel the ball. Uh, 
I, in the article, I made the mistake of saying he had a slow bat, and I want to give a hat tip to our our, our good friend, and I want to I'm going to pull him up on hit on Twitter here uh, just to make sure I get it right. But Brendan B Sports two one nine three, he slid in my DMs when we were talking about it, and what I meant in the article, and I did such a poor job of elaborating on. I say that he had well, he definitely has an uppercut swing. There's no getting around that. It is it's uppercut, and it's going to need a little bit of work. Uh, his swing is fast. I say his swing is slow, but what I mean to say, uh, and what I did a poor job of saying. Uh, couldn't have done that a worse job, honestly. It, I meant to say that his issue is in his load. He has he's slow, like starting his swing. He's slow with his his load. Uh, you know, it starts back and it like he's all hands. He's he's all just letting his body take care of it. And since he has a pretty quick bat and he's powerful, he can do a lot with these pitches at those levels, at the rookie levels. He was at Johnson City last year. Um there are a lot of issues in his swing. His walk rate is one positive. Uh, from 2017 to 2018, it went from like 2.5 to 8-something. Uh, the issue with that came as change in strikeout rate. His strikeout weight rate went from 17.9, I think it was, to over 25% in 2018. So if he keeps striking out, then his stock will fall. If he keeps hitting for power and his walk rate stays where it's at, It'll be fine, but if he can increase, if he can keep that walk rate and lower that strikeout to somewhere between the 17 that it was uh, in 2017 and the 25% it was in 2018, then the Cardinals will have something special there. Uh, he also needs to become a really, 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 like he really needs to work on defense because he's a terrible defensive first baseman. The Cardinals might have done him a little bit of a disservice by take, putting him in the outfield, but I think that was more just about getting his bones moving than it was anything. He's a thick boy. Uh, he's got some muscle. He's got some girth. It doesn't seem like wasted muscle or wasted girth. It doesn't seem like baby fat, uh, but it's... His body is going to be something worth keeping an eye on because it could very well make or break him. Uh, I say in the article that with Leandro, I don't think I would have been. And first off, I love power. Like one area where I get in trouble as an evaluator is when I start seeing power, I get excited. I just, you know, I come from the generation where the chicks love the long ball, like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. I love home run. I love home run power. So when you see raw home run power, that's both raw and like developed in game, like Leandro Cedeno can provide. It's so rare for that age that you get really excited. Cedeno's uh, power is right there with Nolan Gorman's, and we all know how highly touted Nolan Gorman's power is. Uh, you know, the more I watch it, I feel like the more raw, like that Cedeno has more power. Uh, but man, that just goes to show you how good this kid can be from a power standpoint. But he has trouble. Uh, Covering the entire plate, he's going to be susceptible to advanced breaking pitches from righties. Go ahead and mark that down. Part of the reason why he has a strikeout right now is that's already – a high strikeout right now is because that's already started to manifest. So keep that in mind. Uh, and the other issue that he has, I call it the Colby Rasmus syndrome, where Colby never changed his swing. It was all just about making contact in the plane of his swing and adjusting the speed of his swing to make sure that the ball made contact in that plane. Cedeno does the same thing, but it's even more dangerous because Cedeno's all uppercut. He's going to need to, and again, I like launch angle. Uh, we all like launch angle because launch angle just means the angle it comes off the bat. But I like an emphasis of putting the ball in the air. Cedeno's going to do that with his uppercut, but he's going to need to do a little work on it to make it acceptable as he moves up the ranks. But uh, he's an impressive 20-year-old who still we still need to be cautious with. We still need to see how he develops, how he understands uh, the next level. Uh, but he's really impressive, and I love that raw power. And it's something that hasn't 
manifested in game for really anyone else in the organization other than Nolan Gorman and Kevin Woodall. But Woodall comes with even more strikeouts, so take it for what it is. But prospect number 22 is 20-year-old first baseman Leandro Cedeno. Ooh, I'm going to take a drink of this beer here real quick. Hold on. Sorry about that, fam. Prospect number 21 on our list is 20-year-old right-handed pitcher Johan Oviedo. Now, the Cardinals signed Oviedo for a $1.5 million bonus during the 2016 free agency class, uh, international free agency class, rather. Uh, he's a uh, Cuban defector. He's big. He's nasty. He's six foot six. He's got an actual, like, real strong body. He has trouble repeating that body, and he has trouble extending, and his extension gets him in trouble uh, with his command control. Now, Entering 2017, the book on Oviedo, 2017, I mean that, uh, the book on Oviedo was he had a, a plus curve for a minor leaguer, uh, a plus curve for a teenager, an average changeup, and a fastball that would live in the mid to high 90s. Well, in 2017, the velocity didn't come. Uh, the reports were it was high 80s, low 90s at its highest. So I've heard somebody say that I got up to the, the high 90s, but I have not had that substantiated. Uh, that's an unsubstantiated report. Uh, and he really struggled in 2017, and it really hurt his pitching stock, his prospect stock, rather. So he goes to Peoria to start 2018, his first full season assignment. His first start of the year, he can't get out of the first inning. He gets one out while throwing 30-something pitches and walking four or five. It was a nasty start. For the first 10 starts of the season, he battled command. And then about start 14, uh, somewhere along there, it really started to click for him. In about 70 and a third innings, he struck out 69. He had like a 3.1 ERA. He was not allowing any contact. Like, very, very low bat, uh, batting average against. But what really impressed me as he ended the season at Peoria was that his slugging percentage against was .292. That is absolutely no slug. I want to say, and man, I really wish I had the article up now, and of course I don't because I'm a hack, uh, but I want to say that, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get it for you. Uh, he let up like eight extra base hits to 150-something batters or something like that. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. He does not let up a lot of hard contact. The issue is because of his body, how he, how he controls his body because he overextends when he throws. And sometimes he overthrows that curveball uh, and also overthrows his fastball. He walks a lot. Even when he was pitching well there to end the year, he was still walking 12% of hitters or something like that. It was very, very uh, a high percentage of hitters. It's a concern. It's one of those like perfect combinations of concern and encouragement because he took a lot of positive steps forward over the last three months of the year and he cleaned up some of the concerns, but they're still there and they're still there in a loud fashion. Uh, I like Oviedo a lot. He'll start 2019 in the Florida State League pitching for Palm Beach. Those stats will be interesting because it's hard to hit the ball hard in that league and, and bear fruits. So more than likely, those slugging percentage stats will stay low. The extra base hits allowed will stay low. It's just a matter of if he can do the control command thing. Uh, it's going to be essential for him. Uh, I say it in the article on the bottom line. With Oviedo is that he has the potential to be like almost bar none the best pitching prospect in the organization. Uh, you know that includes Henesis Cabrera, Ryan Helsley, Dakota Hudson. He can be every bit as good as those guys, if not better. Uh, 
It's just that the command control is so far away right now. I don't know what they worked on this offseason, but as a big guy, if he can just get a little bit more extension, I think he'll be fine. Uh, he also... Yeah, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I made a little observation, and I'm not 100% sure if it's right. I'm going to go back. Uh, what I will say is I think he he curls his arm a little bit when he throws his change up uh, instead of like mimicking the same motion release point of his fastball. I actually think he curls like curls his arm up, and I'm doing a poor job of explaining it, but I really think that he tips his curveball, and I think that hurts him sometimes too. But uh, with Oviedo as compared to Cedeno or Herrera, we can get a little bit more excited. We can get a little bit more involved with him because he'll, he's entering his second full his second year of full season affiliated baseball. That's a big deal. We have a we have a full season of being able to judge him, even though it was an unbalanced year, a rough first ten, and then a really 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 good, very very good uh, back fifteen or whatever it was, fourteen or fifteen. Uh, that's exciting. That's where Oviedo differentiates himself from Cedeno or Herrera. In one year's time, we'll be able to talk about Cedeno and Herrera with a little bit more excitement, a little bit more knowledge, uh, a little bit more vested interest. Uh, but until then, we have to play it cautious. With Oviedo, we can get a little bit more aggressive. We can expand our evaluation uh, and be happy about placing him 21st. Uh, on the Dirty 35. Now that concludes this bracket of prospects, this group of five. Uh, come back here in a handful of days and we'll have another five, prospects 20 through 16 to give you. Uh, stay tuned to Birds on the Black. Those prospects will be released day after day after day. I'm in this little weird middle area where I want them all out for you to read, uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Like I, I have nearly all of them complete uh, with just a little bit of editing, and I want them all to be out for you to like read during spring training because it's so many of the guys at the top of the list are involved in big league camp. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to do that. I kind of like the one per day release. I was thinking about doing two per day, uh, but right now I'm still just planning on doing one per day, I think. But keep an eye out for two on the off chance that it happens. Uh, until then, we'll see you in about six days. I'm Kyle Reese. I'm your host here for Birds on the Black. Special thank you to Fangrass for the stats, uh, MILB TV for the video, uh, Deportes360 for the video and the articles, uh, Cards Gifts for the pictures, uh, and also help with some gifts that you're going to get in these next couple articles. Uh, everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, everybody at Prospects After Dark, if you watch this or if you, or if you watch this, if you're listening to this, you're part of the resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting. We'll see you soon.